Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Reed Rasmussen. He is the co-founder and CEO of Fresh Bennies. He's a passionate speaker, strategist, innovator, and writer, 29-year healthcare veteran, free market health reform advocate, and also a coffee addict. Uh, he was born a Canadian and now a proud American. Uh, he, to date, uh, really with his company, has saved clients over $72 million in unnecessary claims. In 2019, he was awarded the Texas Association of Health Underwriters Paulus Robertson Award for outstanding dedication to the industry. He grew up in Canada, as I mentioned, and received a health administration degree and formed his opinions about government-run health care. In 91, he escaped to America and worked for two health insurance carriers and two general agencies. As uh, the Affordable Care Act ramped up, he was concerned with the high out-of-pocket costs and lack of control that many of us experience, both as employers as well as individuals. This is something that's high on our minds. And in 09, he launched Fresh Bennies, Bennies like benefits, an engagement platform to help people control their healthcare. They combine practical tools like telehealth, doctors online, advocacy and consumerism, savings networks to help everybody deliver on things that potentially may not be used. Uh, and in 2019, Fresh Bennies was awarded a health value award by the Validation Institute. To date, Fresh Bennies has saved clients that $72 million. And I think if you're listening to this, might be something that you want to start thinking about to save you on, on, on the health spend that you're currently doing. So, uh, Reid, really grateful that uh, you were able to join us and, uh, and thanks for being on. Uh, thanks so much for having me, Saul. So, really curious about you. Uh, and so, I'd love if you could tell me a little bit more about what inspires your work in healthcare. Yeah, well, uh, you know, as you as you said there, I, I came up. I, I got a health administration degree in Canada, and um, uh, I worked for years inside the the industry. I um, I love the idea of the um, healthcare industry that it was an industry that would always have um, unlimited need and unlimited need for challenges to be solved. Uh, and after many years of working in the industry. You know, as, as you mentioned there, it was 10 years ago, in fact, this week that I started uh, my company and I, I left my prior company as, with frustration over what our industry wasn't doing to bring consumers along into this consumer-directed uh, healthcare environment that we were supposed to be in. And so um, every day of the last decade has been, um, my passion has been, uh, how can we help people deal with being a better consumer in this industry. And um, not to just give it lip service, but to actually uh, engage those people and help them deal um, with the confusion that, uh, that they're dealing with. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very real. And, uh, and there is a lot of confusion and a lot of questions and am I doing it right? And then there's also, there's a lot of, I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? Yep. And so I'm curious uh, about you, Reed, and, and, you know, obviously we'll dive into this and what your company does, but what's one thing that's held you back in the past that you've been able to conquer? 
Oh, well, now we're talking personal. And for this, I would uh, go back to personal. Um, <clears throat> it's my personal confidence in front of people. I, hmm. uh, in my 20s, I was very uh, uptight. I mm -hmm. thought I had to be a certain kind of professional, you know. Uh, I thought I had to, to act like everybody else that was uh, in business uh, and that it meant um, not being real and authentic. And uh, uh, I've worked on that for years. Uh, in my 20s especially, I really got out of my own shell and out of my own head and just got into being comfortable with myself. And um, that has played out not only in my personal dealings with people, but definitely uh, uh, when speaking in front of people as well. I do a lot of teaching and, and uh, presentations, and I love that, that comfort and that, that fun that comes from it, but would never have gotten there if I hadn't dealt with that personal confidence um, issue from early on in my career. Yeah, we all have something, you know, and, and I love asking that question because, you know, it, it, it's, you, you know, you've got a, a successful business here, Reid, and, you know, people might be, maybe looking like, man, this guy's got it together, but guess what? It's not easy. You know, everybody, everybody goes through their challenges and, and uh, you know, that confidence piece was one that you had, Reid. Uh, what would you say is who or who is a mentor? that's made a big difference uh, in, in your life. And what did they teach you? Yeah, when, uh, when I was thinking about uh, this question and, and uh, in context of my personal confidence in dealing with people, um, uh, the mentor I was thinking of is a gentleman by the name of Mike Leary. He was a business consultant and a, uh, and a speech coach um, and a sales coach that uh, uh, company I was working for when I, uh, in Seattle. I was working for Blue Shield in Seattle. Uh, 20 years ago and we hired him and brought him in on our uh, with our sales team and he did a lot to really up my game on thinking of how to prepare for those um, uh, interactions and and really that might be preparing to give a class it might be preparing for a sales presentation a lot of it's really um, the same and there were three specific things that he taught us that when you're going into an uh, appointment or a class, think through, first of all, who's the audience you're speaking to? Second of all, how do you want the picture to end? Meaning at the end of this interaction, what do you want people to take away? And then third, what are the tough questions that you're going to deal with? And for, you know, inside our industry, there's so many times I'm sitting in a continuing education class or I'm seeing somebody uh, come and speak and they, they, didn't, they didn't think through those things. They completely miss who their audience was, so they're speaking at completely the wrong level, or they never really thought about, was there one item they were trying to uh, bring across as a single point? Or they didn't even deal with the fact that they didn't address the questions that most of the people in the audience were gonna have. Um, and uh, uh, I don't have it perfected, but I do think about those things every time I'm going in, into any interaction. You got a good system now. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny these days, and, and it is one of the things that happens with high performers, whatever it is, whatever your area of high performance, after a while, people start saying, oh, you're a natural at this. And most would say, no, I'm not, I'm not a natural. I, I worked at this stuff. Uh, but if you're natural, you know, I get it saying, oh, you're natural in front of a, a group teaching. And okay, there's some talent there, but it's not been without some work along the way. And it's easy to blow off somebody else's success as talent. Um, but it 
but it minimizes what they did and it also uh, minimizes what we ourselves can do in in those areas and um, you end up missing the lesson and so often um, I think high performers after a while they have a tough time finding somebody who can be a coach to actually bring them into a new way of thinking or coach them into really being um, a much better top performer at whatever it is they're great at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, and, and, uh, great, great, uh, uh, examples that you've provided there, Reed, you know, I'll share one from mine. I, when I was, uh, a kid, I was in middle school. I got the role to be in West Side Story at Riff. Oh, I two left feet. <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't get it. And I was so embarrassed that I was just a terrible dancer. Reed. <laughs> no, say it isn't so. That, and, and I just, I ended up, uh, you know, figuring it out. I, I pushed myself and now I actually love dancing. My wife and I love going salsa dancing. Uh, and it's wow. so cool that you took this confidence. You know, I, I just kind of like, wow, you know, and, and I love your vulnerability, just putting yourself out there because now you are confident and you, you shared with us a system that has helped you. And if you're listening to this, folks, Maybe you're lacking confidence and there's an opportunity for you to learn from Reed and what helped him. And, and obviously now he started his business. He's been this, in this business for a decade and having success. Um, a very, very inspiring Reed. And so let's dig into that. You know, what, sure. what, what do you think is one of the biggest challenges in healthcare today? So, you know, 10 years ago when I, the, the, the thing that prompted me was that um, as I was looking at the kinds of clients we were serving at that time and around the country, I was, I was working for a company that was dealing with uh, uh, small and mid-sized employers around the country. And there were some of the states that we were in that even then the out-of-pocket costs were getting up to be too high. Even then they were uh, in some places, the out-of-pocket costs were thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. three, four, $5,000 uh, out-of-pocket. And a decade ago, that was, it was too much. And I, and what was happening was those people who were delivering those employee benefit programs were kind of sidestepping that fact that, Hey, people can't actually afford this. And um, it was the, the biggest thing that prompted me to actually quit my job and go and um, find these practical tools that would help people control their healthcare. And what, what I've seen since I used to think that the biggest issue was, um, the money factor for that person on their out-of-pocket costs. And today I think it's actually another layer of that. And that is that today as a result of that, every time people are touching the system now, they're feeling out of control because everybody now has something of higher out-of-pocket cost plans. And it's forcing them to recognize the system doesn't work well together, price transparency isn't available, um, billing is confusing, uh, the system is trying every everything it can can possibly do to not give me a clear picture of transparency in this system and uh, and they 're feeling out of control and that emotional factor of feeling out of control like i 'm playing a game and i don 't know the rules to it and i don 't know if I got a good deal. You kind of said this a, a minute ago i 'm not sure if I got a good deal or if I got a bad deal mm-hmm. and 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 just this complete lack of control. So it's this emotional frustration in dealing with all of us in this healthcare system and this, this feeling of being disempowered. So I think that's the biggest issue. Um, so it's, it's a bit the money, but it, even more than that, it's this emotional uh, feeling out of control. 
I think that's a really good call out, Reed. And, and this is for individuals, but also businesses, right? I mean, business owners, employers. Oh, ab- absolutely. Ask any employer right now. I mean, heck, for years, for my whole career, I've had to say I work in the health insurance uh, industry or I work in the employee benefits industry. And it makes you, you know, awesome at a dinner party. I can tell you that people just flock to you. It's just the greatest uh, encouragement. No, they, what they do is every single one of them says, oh, let me tell you my story. And you're like, I'm, first of all, I'm sorry. Whatever your story is, I didn't, I didn't do that. Um, and yet, you know, it's, it's every, in, and in today's world, like, you know, 10 years ago when I started the company, there were still a lot of employers uh, who had very rich benefit plans. But today, virtually everybody we talk to at those dinner parties has something of a story of, hey, with my employees, here's where I'm frustrated. And you talk about um, people feeling like they're on a merry-go-round that they can't get off of and just keep speeding up. Um, yeah. It's tough, but I understand the frustration. For sure. And it's a good call out, right? The money is one thing. The frustration and the being lost is another. And and so what do you believe uh, about this challenge? I mean, why shouldn't it be here? Obviously, we, 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 it shouldn't, but it's, it's, it's here. Uh, What do you think holds people back and organizations back from, from overcoming this? Well, you know, we should overcome this. Um, we're smart people. Like every American is a smart person. We're, 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 we learn so much new information. We've all in the last uh, 12 years learned what a smartphone is and um, uh, how to use it. We now download programs without instruction manuals. We, we, we're trying so much new. We're so adaptive in all these other areas of our life. Uh, we're consumers in those other areas. And we've learned how to research things, whether it's uh, Google or with our smart speakers uh, that we have in our homes. We, we as, a, as a country are willing to learn. So it shouldn't continue to be a challenge. And yet it is. Mm-hmm. So what, 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 why? You know, what, what, you know, the folks listening, like, yeah, I'm paying a ton of money, Reed. <laughs> like, yeah. What the hell can I do? Yeah. Yeah. The average family uh, right now of four uh, will spend $4,700 in out-of-pocket costs over and above the $8,000 on average that they'll spend on their, towards their health insurance premiums. Um, And so it's a lot of money that every household is paying towards health insurance. Um, But why is it a challenge? Because the system is complicated. I mean, the healthcare system is one sixth of the whole American economy. Uh, and honestly, it, we as an industry have not worked to make it simple. In fact, on purpose, uh, for competitive reasons, different sectors of the system have worked to be confusing and make it difficult to switch from one plan to another and, and uh, price transparency. I really thought in the, the mid-2000s that you know, 15 years ago, we all started uh, setting up consumerism plans you know, mm-hmm. uh, into our employee benefits. And I really thought that as you started to get a million plus people asking their providers and their hospitals, hey, what's the price on this? That the market would respond and would figure out a way to answer that. And for the most part, and I'm not pointing fingers, but I guess I am. For the most part, physicians and um, hospitals and health plans, they don't want to have a transparent 
environment. Because if they have a transparent environment, then their negotiation value just went out the door. Uh, but, but if we had solved that uh, sometime in the last 15 years, we certainly would have a happier population of people using the healthcare system and wouldn't be just saying, ready to throw their hands up and say, well, let the government run the whole thing because this thing is not working. Um, and uh, uh, I think it, uh, the system is, is built to be opaque in many areas. And, uh, and then the way around it, of course, is uh, that if people had some of the right tools or some of the right advisors to guide them around the system, uh, that would solve it. And that's not a lay down to um, say why we're in business, but that is exactly why we're in business. Because there are some tools out there. So, a lot so of them just don't get used. Tell us about it. You know, give us an example of how you and your company have, have helped others overcome this challenge. Yeah, yeah. What I had seen is that there were some of these companies and tools uh, that were out there and they're being used by very large employers um, but they weren't being delivered to uh, mid-sized and smaller employers in a, in a good way. So what we do at Fresh Bennies is we curate those market-leading tools, uh, bundle them together all in an engagement platform to ensure that, the, that they have the best chance of actually getting uh, understood by the uh, members and used. So, for example, some of the kinds of things we roll together are advocacy services, uh, various versions of telehealth services and re for remote care and consumerism networks. So um, I'll, I'll describe each of those with a, with a testimonial, and then I can describe how that plays out for an employer. So I don't even have to leave, um, for, to describe what an advocate can do, I don't even have to leave uh, our household. Um, my wife Heidi is uh, my, my business partner, she's the CEO of our company. Um, this last year she was lucky enough to have one of those birthdays where she needed a colonoscopy. So um, she went to our our advocacy service, which uh, is really there to help people navigate the, the system. And so she reached out to them to say, okay, for my medical plan, where's the best quality place and the best quality provider to get this done? And so they gave her uh, three to choose from uh, with some an, uh, an estimated bundled um, price in advance. So she picked it. She used the advocate to help get the appointment booked. She sent them the bills when she got them and said, are these, are these correct for what was uh, planned? And um, paid, you know, then paid for the service. And that was uh, in the winter. Six months later, here it was a few weeks ago, she got a completely extra bill for $800 from the uh, endoscopy center. And uh, you know, a lot of people would have just said, oh, well, it's just one more. She sent it off to the advocate and said, will you just take a look at this? I, I'm pretty sure I totally paid this up. And uh, they wrote back a day later and said, yeah, they, they had uh, mistakenly reissued uh, one of the bills. So don't pay that, we have it all solved. And so it's an example of the amount of interactions inside the healthcare system around just one simple bread and butter thing, such as a person getting a colonoscopy. And she was, she was helped four different stages there uh, mm -hmm. by that advocate. So that's, that's one of the kinds of services. And, and when you think about today's world, you talk about the thing that's gonna take away people's headache. It's, it's things like that. Um, then you bring in things like telehealth services, the ability to have a remote visit, either over phone or video with a primary care doctor. Uh, we're getting into some specialty areas there, or um, what I consider the next generation of telehealth and remote care, and that is 
instead of people running off to Google and WebMD for every single question they have about the system, um, that, that we can uh, have people be able to email a physician uh, for some of that guidance on some of the simpler things. So um, an example here, uh, got a client, uh, Christine from Minnesota, and her story was uh, here recently was that she was sick, but I didn't have the energy to go to the doctor. Many of my workmates had been sick and out for three to four days. I couldn't afford to be out that long, even though I had the same bug. So she called into our telehealth service, was soon talking to a primary care doctor. He prescribed an antibiotic and cough medication, and her quote was, um, that evening I was feeling much better. And with just one more day of rest, I was more than ready to get back to work. So very practical. It's being done. Um, uh, it, it's being, telehealth is being made available to a lot of Americans, but a lot aren't actually using it. Mm -hmm. And um, we see consumerism networks. Why do you think that is? Uh, it's promotion. It's one of these things where people still believe um, that if you build a better mousetrap, people will build a, a beat a path to your door. And the truth is in today's world with so much noise and so many different um, ways to engage healthcare that um, you can't just, well, tel telehealth that's included inside the medical plans, you can't just put it out, not promote it, maybe tell a person about it once and then expect that uh, they're going to engage with it. Yeah. Um, and then put a, usually there's a visit fee attached to it. So you've got a financial incentive for somebody to not try the new way to engage with a, with a provider. Um, under our program, we have it as a zero visit fee because you don't want that moment for that, that $45 to be the reason that the person doesn't yeah. call I in. I saw so, that. Zero yeah. dollars. I was looking so, at the site at the, your, uh, and I like your transparency too. Uh, yeah. folks check out fresh Benny's B E N I E S dot com and uh Reed puts all his pricing up there. So he's very transparent. Whether you be an employer, he's got different tiers. And then uh if you're an individual, he's got the power package. You pay eighteen bucks at the time of this interview anyway, um for yeah for your family per month and you get telehealth doctors online advocacy and fresh savings. Tell me about fresh savings. So what we see today, and there was a long time that we didn't include these kinds of tools because we didn't think that consumers were really quite ready to understand what it is. But you know, with everybody's um, uh, out of pocket costs going up, there's a lot of things that are starting to get stripped out of plans in different ways. Like pharmacy is starting to have some deductibles tied to it. You know, Cairo visits are limited. Uh, a lot of people maybe don't have um, availability for uh, the level of dental and vision coverage that they used to, you know. And so as a result, pe people will hit this moment where they say over one of these issues or some of the others that we have the, the networks for, they'll say, gosh, I'm, I'm mad that I have to pay this money for this. Is there a cheaper place I could get this? Mm -hmm. And uh, just running off to Google doesn't really give you in healthcare uh, a transparent environment. And so what we've done is we've collected savings networks so that people can come into their Fresh Benny's app or portal. And if they're looking up something like, gosh, is there a cheaper place I can get this drug that I, I used to think was a $10 generic drug and now I find out it's $180, they can come into our tool, uh, look it up. And through our network, many times we're able to get them a better price than their out-of-pocket costs would have cost them. And the key is 
can you put the right information at the right moment that that member is having a moment of frustration and they're willing to, uh, to look for something? Because people don't care at all about their benefits until they need their benefits, right? Right. So it's a matter of the, the, the key to engagement is, are you available and did you prompt people to come and look at you at the time that something hit for them? And, you know, to, to answer your question before of um, how is it that, that we're helping others deal with this challenge, that over time, uh, we were about three years into our business and we realized the key was engagement, it, that we, we needed to build a turnkey engagement program because uh, it was just too much for employers to just take it on and start um, building engagement programs for all of these new tools. So we, we built it into our program and it's the, it's the biggest key to our success. It's what um, is that, that our services are actually getting used. Um, That's so, huge. Yeah, yeah, it is. So in an environment where most people have access to something like a telehealth or a price transparency tool, but in most instances, you know, a couple percent of employees per year will use them. You know, you talk to people, they're like, oh yeah, I've heard of telehealth. Yeah, have you ever used it? And most say, uh, no. And, and then you talk to somebody who has used it and they are, they're like a new convert. Every, everybody who's tried it is, is excited <laughs> about it uh, to the tune of like 98%. You know, you Great. look at all the stats. No, that's interesting. So <clears throat> tell me something then. What do you do differently, right? It, so let's just say you, you start working with one of the employers listening to this right now, you know, mm -hmm. a team of, I don't know, 50 or a team of 10. Sure. They say, this sounds interesting. This could be a really nice benefit for my people. Um, I mean, MRI and CT scans, I'm looking at this. Um, save 40 to 75% on usual charges for MRI and CT scans. That's pretty cool. So, that, so they're, they're, uh, they're looking at this and they're like, man, this is pretty cool. Wh why you? I mean, why, why are you different? What do you do that helps their employees be more engaged with this stuff that other people don't? You know, we're not here to solve the entire healthcare system. But for this slice of these consumerism tools, mm -hmm. every day for 10 years, we've been focused on how can we make sure that people will make use of these and feel more empowered. Uh -huh. So when a client starts with us, um, uh, there's about 100 different things through the steps of onboarding a client in the way that we help um, uh, roll it out, the engagement tools that we put in place, the member materials that we deliver, the way that we are uh, doing drip campaigns out to their people throughout the year of little tidbits of how to be healthier, when to use us, when to engage. We reach cool. out on social media. We've got, um, we use uh, artificial intelligence in our interactions with our uh, clients, but all of that is geared around, can we get people to use these services more? And so, you know, um, it, it ends up playing out in results. Um, so for example, I said that, uh, let's say you take a group of a hundred employees, right. um, if they're just using the tools that are randomly out there, a couple of times a year, they'll make use of a telehealth or, or a price transparency tool that's built into a medical plan. Um, and in that same hundred employees with fresh bennies, we'll touch that, those people, uh, 71 times they'll use our services. And the difference is, uh, promotion and it, just the, the way that we uh, built a consumer focused brand. Hmm. And so that, that, that matters because every interaction saves on average $442 because you're, you're saving uh, 
claims that otherwise would have uh, occurred, you know, and tied into the health plan or people would have gone elsewhere for more expensive care. So. Yeah. Um, it, oh, that's impactful. Yeah, it is. It is. It, so are, are most people that you're working with most uh, <clears throat> employers, do they already have an insurance plan and they're tacking this on or are there people that are like, man, I can't afford this for my employees, but uh, and a, a whole plan and this would be something nice. It's better than nothing. Like what's the mix there for you guys? Yeah. Most of our business is with employers who are providing a health insurance plan, but they've had to up the out-of-pocket costs. And so as they've done that, they pair alongside a fresh pennies membership alongside of it. So almost all of our clients, uh, I say almost uh, 95%, that's the story. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But we are seeing that the, um, as word has gotten out about us and we've gotten far more referrals to employers who don't provide health insurance because 44% of the, excuse me, 66%, 56% of the uh, employers under 50 don't provide any, uh, under 50 employees don't provide any um, health, insurance. health insurance. And so, you know, and they, 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 can't afford a few hundred dollars a month. Uh, but it doesn't mean in a tight work environment like right now that they aren't looking for some way to have something of a benefit program. And so we have many employers now who uh, don't provide any health insurance, but they provide fresh pennies as a uh, benefit program. And we're happy to uh, work with them. And then uh, we're supporting those members with whatever health insurance they have in their world, whether it's from the government or a family member or yep. uninsured or whatever. So Saul, um, another way to look at this as far as another example is to truly look at it from the company level. So we talked about how these services are helpful at a member level, but how does it really play out in a company? <clears throat> so we've got a uh, local company here in Dallas that we've worked with for many years. They have about 300 employees. Uh, our service for them costs uh, a little over $30,000 a year. But in the last year, those 300 employees have used our services just shy of 300 times um, that they've used telehealth, mostly telehealth and advocacy services. Those have saved them over $180,000 in unnecessary claims in this last year. And so that savings is saved by the, the member in their out-of-pocket costs. It's saved by the the, they happen to be a self-funded medical plan, so it's saved by them. Um, so it was a good investment and, and uh, has really empowered the people. The uh, HR director, when you know, we said to her, well, why did you install, like what was originally your issue on installing it? And she said, we initially decided to install uh, these set of tools in order to save our employees money and a lot of headache. Um, this is a service that helps employees sort through both. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, in asking her about how it is here a few years later. And she says, not a week goes by where somebody doesn't have something great to say about, oh, telehealth saved me a trip to the emergency room or the advocate saved me $700 on an MRI. And, and this was the HR director. And she said, but they helped me out too. I no longer have employees walking to my office with complaints and dump a stack of bills and EOBs on my desk uh, asking for my help. Um, and so that's, that's the way it plays out at the employer level, let alone the member level. It simplifies it. That's right. And, and if you're, if you're uh, self-insured, which a lot of companies out there are now, uh, you know, this is sort of the, the onus is on you to piece these different technologies together 
you guys have them all under one roof and they just pay a, a simple low monthly fee per, per, per person. That's right. And, um, you know, we work with brokers and consultants who do some of this uh, benefit planning all over the country. So you can check with them and ask them about them. Uh, at times, that's what they're trying to do is piece them together themselves. And uh, what we've done, you're right, we've, we've pulled them all together. And because of that, and rolled them into the engagement platform, the engagement platform is a consistent message that's promoting multiple of these different tools instead of just being a one-off. So. And, 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 and would you say the secret sauce is, is in the engagement and how Fresh Bennies engages employees oh. that encourages them to use it? 100%. Yep. Yep. Yeah. There's no other country, uh, company uh, in the country that's getting this level of engagement on these tools. And it's because of that. Love it. I love it. Good stuff. No, thanks for sharing that. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's such a <laughs> fresh approach. <laughs> so, so tell me about the name. Why did you guys land on Fresh Bennies? Uh, we had had this dull name before. What was it before? Uh, it was Benefit Brainstorm. Okay. Which, right. you know, I thought was very innovative uh, <laughs> when I first started it. And it yeah. was just kind of this dull kind of healthcare name. All of my early marketing was, was all like everything I ever knew, which was very uh, legalese, a uh, mm -hmm. lot of detail. You were, you were at an insurance company. It's exactly it. You know, you <laughs> say you're going to go out and be this innovative company, but everything you knew beforehand told you to do it a certain way. So yep. I, that's what I tried to repeat. That's and funny. then uh, three years in when we said, no, we need to be a, uh, we need to be focused on the end member. No end member was remembering the name Benefit Brainstorm. So we wanted something that, you know, had not been used before, but that it did express that this is something that's fresh and new and, and cool. So we were looking at, uh, literally, we were just trying to combine words that meant uh, uh, cool, innovative, fresh, and uh, with other words that didn't exactly say insurance, or I wanted to stay away from the word benefits because I didn't want confusion that this was insurance. Uh, and we were uh, Googling and we were just coming up with those words to pair it with and went to the thesaurus and said, uh, Benny's is, you know, these are your benefits. It's Benny's. And we're like, fresh Benny's. It. Okay. So that's it. We quickly checked and uh, the URL was available and we changed the name of our company. Fresh Benny's. Voila. Yep. That's awesome, man. Uh, it's a 180 from uh, Benefit Brainstorm. Yeah. Or dull. Dull and boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. No, it's good. It's good. Uh, thanks for sharing the the background. So, if, so for the people listening, uh, you know, obviously, great, great stuff. I mean, if you're curious about this, best way to really understand it is to check out the website freshbennies.com. Everything's transparent, uh, pricing, how how everything works. Mm -hmm. um, give us, uh, you know, really like the the that plan for people looking to save money in healthcare and a uh, common pitfall. Yeah. Well, as far as the plan, it's, it's that there are practical tools that are going to help empower your people and help them feel like they're in control with their, with their benefit plan, uh, deliver them in a way that they are going to get used. That's the big key. And then um, engage, 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 and, and just, uh, keep promoting that 
your people uh, are empowered, that there are tools that'll help them. And, uh, you know, that's, that's really the crux of what we've tried to do with our company is, is those steps. Um, and like I said, we're not trying to solve the whole healthcare puzzle, but the very first entree is if we can help our employees and the members around the country feel more empowered, that they have a, a role in healthcare, I think we're all going to be better. Um, and then people will actually be engaging for the best quality care uh, and um, uh, be involved in their own health care. As far as a common pitfall, um, a common pitfall is thinking that um, everything that I just talked about here with engagement, all the things that we did to get such better results, that it sounds simple and that um, uh, it should just happen on its own. Thinking that engagement is just going to happen on its own is, is the biggest pitfall. Um, and you've got to look at this and understand value there. We're not the, um, most expensive version of, of a set of services like this that are out in the marketplace, but we're not the cheapest. And by definition, the cheapest ones, if, if you think oh, I'm just going to get the cheap one and, and that'll be just the same. And, and, uh, uh, I'm sure people will figure it out. Um, there's a reason that they're the cheapest because they're not getting used because if they were being used, they wouldn't be that inexpensive you know, right. on these tools. And so um, look at value and figure out what you're actually trying to do. If what you're trying to do is change the culture of your employees or, or to engage um, uh, people in the healthcare system, then um, go with the tool that's going to get used. Love it. Now, this is uh, a phenomenal platform, uh, a great message. And uh, I mean, I'm very thankful that, uh, that you're able to share this with us, Reed. Any, any, uh, any closing thoughts? What, what, do you, what would you say is the call to action for, for the listeners today? If inside your organization or inside your, you know, however it is that you're touching the healthcare system, if those end members don't have something of an advocate who's there to guide them through the system, or some tools that are helping them be a better consumer like uh, telehealth, uh, the doctors online service, the consumerism networks, um, then just go investigate them and then uh, roll them into your organization. There, that's, that's my call to action. A great call to action and I'd say, check out Fresh Bennies. Again, it's uh, freshbennies.com. Uh, Reid, truly thankful that uh, you jumped on with us. Looking forward to staying in touch. Thanks so much. I uh, appreciate the chance to tell our story and encourage some engagement.